as has been mentioned, we have um, two of our mission stations that or which became independent last year. And so I'll be calling upon the respective former missionary pastors together with uh, their wives to come over and we show as a church, as KBC, we show a sign of appreciation to the work that they rendered during the time of serving as missionary pastors with the support of their wives. And these are our brethren from Silverest Central Baptist Church, that is uh, Pastor Miriam Kambuli and the wife, please come. And also from Senanga Baptist Church, that is our brother, uh, Pastor Poniso. Now, Kuyumbana, I don't know which one comes first. You will come and explain perhaps. Together with your wife, please come. I will ask, uh, yes, um, the mission coordinator to come and just guide me on the things that are here before I give them to the wrong people. So the gift that we are giving to you, brethren, is like I've already said, is just a sign of appreciation of the labors that you did in your respective stations. We are grateful to God for your labors, and we pray that uh, even as you have become um, full-time pastors there, with the support of your wives, you will continue to labor on even in the vineyard. So I will, I think in the way, the order in the way they are standing, this is a plaque given to, or presented to Pastor Midion Kambuli in appreciation for faithful service from 1st March 2022, sorry, 2020 to 11th June 2023 as missionary under Silverest Central Baptist Church Chongwe District, Lusaka Province. This one also reads, presented to Pastor Poniso Kuyumbana in appreciation of for faithful service from 5th June 2013 to 2nd July 2023 as missionary under Senanga Baptist Church, 
Senanga, Senanga District, Western Province. I'm done. Uh, we are truly grateful for uh, their labors and we thank God that the churches are now uh, established. We'll now move on to the ordination service and I'll soon be calling on uh, Elder uh, John Chundu to come and lead the process. Uh, but just a request that if there's space on your bench, just uh, squeeze in uh, so that we can uh, uh, make room for those who don't have anywhere to sit, so just uh, uh, squeeze in a bit so that the uh, Elder Chundu. All right, good morning, church. Let me just invite Chivamba uh, Chisongo to just come and stand with me here up front. <laughs> he's, he's not Chivamba, uh, but I would have put down my left. <laughs> So, beloved brethren, uh, it is known to you that at different times we have made known the name of uh, our brother, Chivamba Chisongo, here present, to learn whether any person had ought to claim concerning his doctrine or life, on account of which he should not be ordained to the ministry of the word that is to be sent as missionary pastor to Shalom Baptist Church in Kasama. And whereas no one had appeared before the elders who are present here to present anything lawful against him, we shall therefore, in the name of the Lord, now proceed to his ordination as missionary pastor to Shalom Baptist Church. It shall be observed in the first place that God, our Heavenly Father, having purposed to call and gather a church out of the corrupt race of men and to eternal life as a particular favor uses the ministry of the word. In the office bearers of the church, we see the love of Christ for his people. As the Lord of the church, he appoints leaders and by his spirit equips them so that believers may grow in faith, develop disciplined Christian living, save others in selfless love 
and share with all the good news of salvation. He taught us the spirit of true leadership when he said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And we find that in Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 to 28. Pastors, serve the governing, serve rather by governing the church in Christ's name. They receive this task when Christ entrusted the apostles and their successors with the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Again, we find that in Matthew chapter 16 and verses 19. Pastors are thus responsible for the well-being of God's people. They must provide true preaching and teaching, regular celebration of the sacraments, and faithful counsel and discipline while keeping in confidence those matters entrusted to them. And they must promote fellowship and hospitality among believers, ensure good order in the church, and stimulate witness to all people. These tasks of pastors call for believers who are Christ-like, who are mature in the faith, and who exercise their offices with prayer, patience, and humility. And now, in the name of God, I request you, Chibamba, to answer the following questions so that the congregation may hear in terms of your willingness to serve in this office. So there are five questions that I will be asking you to respond to in the affirmative if you do indeed uh, believe or trust that that is uh, what your answer and response should be. The first, uh, Chivamba, is do you believe that the Holy Scriptures, that's the Old and the New Testaments, are the word of God by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and therefore are infallible and inherent and are the only and perfect rule of our Christian faith and life? I do. Secondly, do you believe that the extraordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit which God gave to the church in its formation has now ceased? I do. And thirdly, do you honestly and in good conscience before the Lord declare that you believe and are persuaded that all the articles and points of doctrine in the confessions of this church summarized in the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith are in complete and accurate agreement with the word of God and do you promise to teach and defend the same in good faith and reject all doctrines conflicting therewith? I do. And fourthly, do you believe with your whole heart that you are called by God to this office? And do you rely in performing of its duties upon the grace and help of the Holy Spirit? I do. This is my belief. And lastly, do you promise to do the work of your office faithfully 
in a way worthy of your calling and in submission to the government and the discipline of the church? I do, the Lord helping me. Having answered in the affirmative to those questions and the congregation having heard of your responses or feedback, I charge you, Chibamba, to guard yourself and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer. Be a shepherd of the Church of God at Shalom Baptist Church, which he has bought with his own blood, as we find or read in Acts chapter 20 and verses 28. Be a friend and Christ-like example to children. Give clear and cheerful guidance to young people. By word and example, bear up God's people in their pain and weakness and celebrate their joys with them. Hold in trust all sensitive matters confided to you. Encourage the aged to persevere in God's promises. Be a wise counselor who support and strengthen God's people. Be compassionate yet firm and constant or rather consistent in rebuking and disciplining. Know the scriptures which are useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness as we read in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 16. Pray continually for the church. Remember at all times that if you would truly give spiritual leadership in the household of faith, you must be completely mastered by your Lord. We find that as a charge being given to young Timothy by Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 2 to verses 7. And to the congregation, I will uh, invite the members of Kabwata Baptist Church to be upstanding and to receive the charge concerning uh, Chibamba, who is being sent as a missionary pastor to Shalom Baptist Church. So to you, the congregation of God's people here at uh, Kabwata Baptist Church, I charge you people of God to receive the office bearer as Christ's gift to the church. Recognize him, rather recognize in him the Lord's provision for healthy congregation life. Hold him in honor. Take his counsel seriously. Respond to him with obedience and respect. Accept his help with thanks. Sustain him in prayer and encourage him with all your support, especially when he feels the burden of his office. Acknowledge him as the Lord's servant among you. Do you, congregation, pledge to receive him as you have been charged? Indeed, if the answer is yes, I would request you to take your seats. If it's not, please remain upstanding. <laughs> okay, thank you very much uh, for that uh, church. Uh, we certainly do appreciate you accepting this uh, charge. We will uh, proceed to uh, lay uh, hands upon him, and I will invite the elders of uh, Kabwata Baptist Church to come up front 
and uh, the designated uh, elders to lay hands uh, on uh, Chibamba. So Chibamba, I'll ask you to just kneel in uh, front of the congregation and uh, Pastor, rather, uh, our brother George Sitali uh, will uh, pray for him and also pray for the other missionaries. Shall we bow our heads in prayer, please, as we ordain by laying on of hands our brother Chiwamba Chisongo. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we have identified ourselves with our Savior this morning. And we have also identified ourselves with your ways. And we have sung together that we are marching through Emmanuel's ground to fairer worlds above. But while we do so, we do know that we are under your charge, under your leadership, and by the Holy Spirit, we are being led and coming to occasions uh, such as uh, this one. Our, our father is our brother has bowed down before this congregation. We also, God, in our hearts, we do acknowledge you as our God and also as the one who is sovereign over all. That, oh God, you have brought us together to this occasion. And during this period, oh God, we have looked back at 30 years of your hand of grace in our midst, moving us on, indeed matching us and causing us to do your will in planting churches. Our Father in heaven, we are very grateful, oh God, that indeed this has been done. And, oh God, we want to thank you that again we come before you. Our eyes at this moment firmly fixed on the work in Kasama and acknowledging that indeed you have raised this man to go and indeed spearhead that work. We therefore, at this stage, oh God, plead with you that, oh God, you will endure him with all your power, O oh God, that you may give to him everything that he needs for life and godliness, everything that he needs to discharge his duties, everything that he needs, that he will be a true missionary pastor at Shalom Baptist Church in Kasama. And we do pray, therefore, O oh God, and thank you, O oh God, for having prepared him all the while and for bringing him here. And now we do ask therefore, God, that while you will cause him to do your work, that you may also protect him from all the wiles of the evil one, that he will be able to stand. That also, God, that you may cause him to be able to stand against the evil in this world and the evil men and women in this world cause that indeed he will be a man after your own heart. Cause that indeed the work of the gospel 
will succeed through him. Cause, O oh God, that Shalom Baptist Church will be established. O oh, cause, O oh God, that your name will be honored and be glorified out there and even far beyond because of Chibamba Chisongo. And, oh God, cause that, Father, the whole church and the whole of Kasama will see the power of God through him, that indeed through him, indeed people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And through his work, oh God, that people may truly walk in the true newness of life. Oh, that through him, disciples indeed will be caused to draw together and band together as a true church. Oh, Father, may this occasion cause that indeed it will be the starting of the great movement of the gospel in Kasama. And therefore, may this man be equal to the task. And now, because we are sending him, oh God, we pray for ourselves as elders in this church, that, Father, we too will be equal to the very task of providing him oversight in every way that we will not fail him but also praying together as a congregation with the charge that we have received, that today, oh God, will be a starting point when we shall not sin against our brother by failing to pray for him, and not sin against him by failing to support him, and providing him all the necessities of life, that he indeed will give himself to the work of the gospel. Cause that we may not withhold any material resources towards him. And cause that we will be a true sending church. And therefore, may your hand of grace rest upon us. And may you grant us grace, O oh God, thus to be a true church in every way. Our Father, we want to walk in your statutes and we want to be faithful to you and grant that there will be none in our midst, O oh God, who will be unfaithful in these ways and cause that we will be a congregation that is faithful, a congregation that is true to you, a congregation that is true to him. But also, O oh God, with the various missionaries that are here present, we also want to renew our pledge to them. And we want to ask, O oh God, that you may so attend to us that indeed this, our pledge, may be true. And therefore, today, as we express ourselves physically in these uh, pledges, in the one-off and in the monthly pledges, we do ask, O oh God, so wake in us that we may walk in your ways and so wake in us that we may do your will. And grant, therefore, that uh, these men also, in all these outposts where they will be and where they will be going back to, that, Father, they will be faithful. That, Father, they will be men who will go out to seek to do great exploits for you and cause that, indeed, they will, when they come back later on, it will be, news about bringing in the sheaves and rejoicing together that, oh God, you have used us through these men.
and therefore calls that this day will be a blessed day, not only for our brother being laid hands on today, and may that laying of hands, O oh God, be the, indeed the sending forth, and cause therefore that all of them, not only for him, but for all our missionary pastors, that they will be faithful men, men of valor, oh God, men who are bored as we saw from the book of Acts in these last days, men who indeed stand out for the gospel, that they will be sold out for the gospel, and that there will be nothing that will describe them apart from gospel ministers. Therefore, God, cause that indeed this day will indeed be a day in your hands to bless Chivamba, a day in your hands to bless our missionary pastors, but also a day in your hands, O oh God, to bless us together as a church. Oh God, we want to thank you that it is before your presence that we pray this. And we want to thank you that indeed you are here with us. And oh God, indeed, we want to ask that you will continue rending the heavens and coming down to be with us. And that indeed all of us, therefore, as a congregation, will seek to know you and will seek to know your ways. And indeed, will be persuaded about your word in exactly the same way as our brother has declared his doctrine and also has declared that indeed it is your word that we follow. Do this for us today and for days to come and years to come and cause that your name will be honored and glorified now and forevermore because we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, I will be asking uh, Chibamba to say a few words, uh, but before I ask him to do so, uh, I do have uh, a word from um, the former missionary pastor. As uh, many of you who have been here longer uh, will recall, um, that the work in Kasama had uh, a missionary pastor before by the name of uh, Joshua Lungu. Um, but uh, he had to leave uh, and uh, go to uh, South Africa, Cape Town, for further studies. But on this occasion, he has sent word, and I'll just read uh, what uh, he has written, uh, you know, to our brother here and also to the congregation. So this is what he says. Uh, With profound joy and heartfelt gratitude, I say congratulations to my brother Chibamba Chisongo, who is being ordained today to assume the responsibility of carrying forward 
the work at Shalom Baptist Church, which commenced on the 12th of February 2017. The work has been without a pastor ever since my departure in 2021. Thank you to Brother Bartholomew Kaunda, affectionately known as Uncle Bath, for looking after the flock in the last uh, three years. I'm confident that uh, under God's guidance, the seed sown by faith in Kasama shall flourish and exert a transformative influence throughout the province of, uh, rather throughout Northern Province. All glory be to him who orchestrated all these things according to his divine will. So this is a note from our brother, uh, former missionary pastor, Joshua Lungu. Let me just invite uh, Chibamba to say a few words, and then we will wind up. Good morning. I am very grateful to the Lord for seeing it fit to allow me to be here this morning for the purpose of the task ahead. To him alone be the glory and honor. I would also like to extend my thanks to the eldership of Kabwata Baptist Church, as well as the congregation for allowing me to take the task that is before me. My desire and prayer is to serve the Lord at Shalom Baptist Church in Kasama faithfully as well as fruitfully, the Lord helping me. My request to the congregation and the eldership is that you keep me in your prayers that the Lord may help me to this end. Thank you. We thank God for uh, that. I'll ask uh, Pastor Mbewe to come and uh, um, make an appeal uh, with regard to uh, the offering and the pledges. Thank you very much. This is the one time when, uh, as a Reformed Baptist, I do an altar call. <laughs> so if you, if you haven't received any of these envelopes, uh, please just raise your hands and uh, the ushers will bring them over to you. Um, any hand? Thank you. I see that hand. Okay, there we are. There's a hand there. Thank you very much. Uh, gentlemen, please, hands are... Okay, the hand went down too quickly. Please, there we are. Okay. Thank you. So let me quickly uh, wrap up on these envelopes. Basically, we have three aims for our missions conference. Uh, one of them is as news gets in, it enables us to pray meaningfully. Another bit is... Uh, that as we are preached to through God's word, we may seriously consider our own role in missions. 
uh, especially the possibility of us being sent to go and do missions work. Uh, and then thirdly, it is to raise money for missions. Inevitably, it doesn't matter. You can have missions conferences until your heads pop out of your shoulders. If you don't put in the money, missionaries won't go. Simple as that. And uh, therefore, it's vital for us to always practically say, let's give. The reason why there are two envelopes is uh, the white one is meant for just the one-off pledge. So what we do every year is that we have a target of uh, the money that we are seeking to raise, and uh, the target here is 160000 and we've got a number of projects we want to give to. And for this year, one of our missionaries died at the beginning of this year. We want to give a love offering to the, the widow, uh, Beatrice, and the children. So that's part of what the money will go to. And then the other will be to at least three uh, building projects. I know that Nigeria is one of them. Kasama, where our brother is going, is another. Uh, is it Botswana or something? I feel, yeah, okay. So my memory is good. The third one is Botswana. Uh, because, again, young churches don't have the capacity to put up structures like this. It's the mother church that then can help because there are still very few. And so we've done that every year. And as you heard, there were some items of thanks already. So that's something, again, we seek to do through the one-off pledge. And then there's the monthly one. So let me just mention here, uh, you either put in money or you put in a check or you, you simply write on, there's a card inside, a, a slip of paper. You simply indicate uh, how much you are pledging to give. That's assuming you don't have the finances at this point. We tend to allow another two months for those who are not able to give immediately, and then we wrap up the figures and we, we send the money out. So if you don't have the money now, at least you can simply put on the pledge form. If you have sent electronically, I'll come to that in a moment, again, you just indicate that you have sent and you put the money amount so that they don't count it twice. Okay, so that's on that one. Then the monthly pledge, really we don't expect you to put money in there. It's simply indicating how much you plan to give monthly until next year's missions conference. It's as simple as that. It enables the deacons to put that figure together and they are able then to distribute the finances according to the missionaries that we have. So that's all we're going to do. We will have some uh, beautifully dressed people here to come and sing, and I don't know who else will be singing. Uh, it seems it's a day for people. As you can see from my tie, it's people. So uh, yeah, so there will be people showing up here quite a bit. And Janet, did you know that it was people today? How come? It's prophetic, eh? Okay, yeah, so that's what we'll be doing as we are giving the, the bags will come around. Now, I've been told that some of you need some reminders of where the finances are, how to send them electronically. So since I have the means of sending information to all of you, 
Don't be surprised if in the next minute or two, you get an electronic message through WhatsApp that's giving you uh, those details. I was asked to, to do that, so this is when I will do it. Again, remember, uh, you don't need to necessarily give what the service is going on. The main issue is to indicate uh, the, the amount because when the preaching is happening and everything, the deacons will be hidden in a corner somewhere counting and then before we disperse, we will give what is called the grand announcement. This is the commitment of the church to the work so that our missionaries can go away knowing that this is how devoted we are, not just talking, but when we are working during the week and we are getting paid, we want to share that money with them. Okay, so that's uh, what it is all about. And um, I hope I've made everything clear. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Pastor. Uh, so if you look at the screen, that's the QR code. Put your phone there. It would send you to electronic payments. But uh, Pastor Mbeo, you will, will send uh, through WhatsApp. And I think during the week also, uh, the email will go out uh, so that you can make your payments through mobile money, bank transfers, uh, electronic payment, and so on. Let me invite the uh, youth choir uh, to come and uh, sing, uh, lead us in song as the ushers wait upon us. Uh, remember to throw in the envelopes and then also uh, the um, tithes and offering, the, the youth choir. And then uh, immediately after, we'll have the KBC choir. Uh, please, uh, hurry up.
morning. So we are singing a song called for the project by Ezekiel. I think it's an Ezekiel plan. Uh, last week we also did the same. And it's talking about the fact that uh, we are grateful to God for giving us the grace to preach His word uh, in all the lands. We had initially prepared some English lyrics alongside the lumber, but it was going to be too much for the screen. That's the explanation. And uh, I think uh, following Pastor Mbele's uh, early announcement, since I'm not in purple, I'll go back to where I'm supposed to see it. Amen.
Praise the Lord for that uh, wonderful uh, singing, um, a song that is exhorting us to go and share the gospel, saying we are not ashamed of the gospel, for whoever believes uh, to him, uh, he'll be saved. And then we give thanks uh, to God for the mercy of giving us the opportunity to go and share the gospel. I'll ask now that we prepare our hearts to listen to the preaching of God's word uh, by our dear brother, Pastor Ogalo uh, from Kenya. Um, and as we do so, we'll sing uh, a, a song that was chosen by uh, Pastor uh, Kasongo uh, for his uh, ordination. All welcome, all ye noble saints of old. Uh, Kasongo's, uh, Pastor Kasongo's Chisongo, yaba. I'm, I'm reading and then I'm thinking, okay, yeah. Chivamba Chisongo. Okay. So, um, we'll sing, Oh, welcome, oh, ye noble sense of God. Let's rise together as we prepare our hearts to listen to the preaching. Me, uh, that uh, the women, Please do your part. The men will lead, the women will follow uh, along. Those who are not familiar, just uh, listen and then you'll catch it. Um.
I take this opportunity to uh, say a sincere thank you to uh, the eldership of uh, Kabwata Baptist Church and the, uh, the congregation for the warm and kind invitation that uh, you gave us and uh, indeed welcomed my wife and myself. I am very, very grateful. We have spent a number of days together. I found myself those days very enriching indeed. Um, renewing fellowship with many of you, getting to know quite a number of you, but also being given the opportunity to bring God's word uh, to you. And um, it's my prayer that uh, as we go back in the middle of the week, um, we will definitely be praying for you. Um, and also uh, remembering the missionaries uh, that are laboring away from here, thinking of the interns and the, uh, all that they are learning and therefore what is before them in the days ahead. Well, so my task this morning is to bring God's word. Um, we have been seeing this uh, topic uh, or this theme of uh, missions, the 30 years that the Lord has taken you through. And uh, this has been a joy indeed to be given the privilege to bring God's word. This morning, I'm not going to ask you to turn to the book of Acts, but I'll ask you to turn to the book of Colossians. Paul's letter to the Colossians, and we are going to read the first 14 verses. Colossians chapter 1. I want to read the first 14 verses. It's what we read. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world. It is bearing fruit and increasing, as it, is, uh, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learnt it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. 
And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to God, to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Lord our God, we do thank you for all that has gone on since morning. Indeed, since we began on Wednesday, as we've been engaged and thinking about um, missions. And thank you for every evening we've been together. And today, uh, just to be a part of and witness uh, the ordination of our dear brother Chibamba, thank you so much, O oh Lord. And we know so much is expected of him, so much uh, is required of him. Lord, we pray that uh, your grace will be sufficient for our dear brother in his new responsibility, but also for the missionaries who are here. And uh, even in this very church, Lord, those who labor uh, in word, uh, how we pray that um, um, what we will see today will be an encouragement to each and every of uh, your servants, and indeed, all who are in this place. So hear our prayer now, as we seek your face. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to bring God's word to you. Uh, I'm calling it Thanksgiving and Prayer for Church Plants. Thanksgiving and prayer for church plans or missions. And I'm just taking the first uh, 14 verses of this chapter 1 of Colossians. Now, um, I would have chosen a passage from Philippians, for example, or we would have continued with, uh, with the book of Acts. But thinking about what uh, we've been seeing in the past few days, and indeed what lies ahead uh, of us in this continuing work of um, missions, of church planting. Uh, I thought this would be appropriate. And so um, we are thinking of these first 14 verses. Uh, this... Uh, should help us certainly to appreciate the relationship uh, between the sending and the planted churches, uh, if you like, the missionaries also. Now, 
the book of Colossians, we need to just have uh, this very brief uh, introduction uh, that uh, Colossi was, uh, or at that time, was about 160 kilometers east of um, Ephesus in the province of Asia, what we now call Turkey. And by the time that Paul was writing um, this particular uh, town, uh, its fame had dwindled, its fame had gone down. Uh, instead, other cities like uh, Laodicea and Heropolis, they were prospering for whatever reason Colossae uh, wasn't in the limelight. But Paul was in his missionary journeys, was in Ephesus and, and laboring in the gospel. And there, without much being told to us, while he was there, there were those who heard him teach and preach. And they were convicted, they were, they were saved, and uh, uh, the call was there, and they were sent out. And one of those who was sent out was a man called Epaphras. And Epaphras then moved to the town of Colossae. And he labored there for a number of years. Well, later on, Epaphras visited Paul, the apostle, in prison in Rome. And a part of his visit was so that he would give a report share with Paul what is it that is happening in Colossae. And certainly he had a lot of good report, a lot of good things to say about the Colossian church. We know that because then it caused Paul to burst in praises to God. Indeed, there were also other challenges, other problems. Like in every place, there will be encouragements and areas of concern. Now, in Colossae, even if we do not and cannot pinpoint what the, the problems really were, but we can see how the Apostle Paul, like a wise doctor, how he handles the situation. And we deduce, we see the kind of prescription, the kind of medicine that he was prescribing for the Colossian church. And then that helps us to know what kind of disease was uh, uh, looming or was beginning to affect uh, um, the congregation in Colossae. Now, we know some of that because the medicine that uh, the Apostle Paul gives to the, uh, the, the church in Colossae uh, is, is uh, basically there from verse 15 where he brings on board the preeminence of Christ. And one verse after another, the Apostle Paul is showing beyond doubt that Christ is supreme. Christ is above all. And if 
some false teachers had gone into or were planning to poison the Colossians, the medicine had been given. And they had to stick to that. It is Christ. Christ and all of Christ. Well, so that is a brief introduction to this uh, book. Now, uh, in our passage that I want us to see, the first two verses uh, is uh, religious, uh, his introduction. But even the introduction, we see a lot of good. Um, Paul was an apostle. He indeed had the authority to write to this young church and to direct them and to encourage them also. And so we see how he addresses these people that tells us he did not despise them. They had not lived for so long and they had not indeed grown into great heights. However, he addresses them as saints there in verse 2, to the saints and faithful brothers in, Colossae, in Christ at Colossae. A grace to you and peace from God our Father. What a, an amazing way to address these people, who some of them were genuinely still young in the faith and they needed to be taught God's word. Paul calls them saints. Now, saints, therefore, friends, we need to um, be helped again from here. Saints is not a word spared for some few people, religious people, who did various things and they are long dead and somehow now they are promoted to saints. No, saints are, is that name for all true believers. They are saints. And here, they're also called faithful. He's describing these men and women as faithful. Men who have embraced the grace of God. That which God gives so mercifully, so graciously, undeserved favor. And so they are called faithful men and women. They may not be rich, but they are called at the end of that grace to you and peace from God our Father. If you have peace from God, you are a rich person. You may not have the things of this world. So that is how he greets these saints in Colossae. But then in the second place, and there are only three points, Greetings, and then thanksgiving and prayer. And so in the second place, we see um, Paul's thanksgiving for the Colossians. And that we had read in verses 3 to 8. And here, the fact, dear friends, the fact that there is a church in Colossae was a big reason, honestly, for um, Paul to thank God because it immediately brings in uh, to the forefront the fact that God has worked. Any true biblical church, I know men have labored there, 
And our dear brother, Pastor Chibamba, is now going to a work that had begun and for a number of, a couple of years, had no resident pastor. He's going there. But the point is, God has been at work in the church. And so the Apostle Paul, because there is a church in Colossae, he sees the grace of God. The grace of God has taken place. Of course, um, there he mentions it in verse 12. We may just read that. Um, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. Every true church, beginning right here, and we've been hearing uh, snippets of, you know, of what happened 30 years ago uh, from my uh, old notes and indeed from this lovely book which I want to encourage every one of you to grab um, so that I don't buy all of them and take them to Kenya. Um, but please, uh, work has gone on here for 30 plus years. It is God who has been at the center of that work. Um, but then the apostle goes on and he tells us something in verse 4 about the ground of his thanksgiving. The ground of his thanksgiving is the encouraging news through this man called Epaphras. This man has labored um, so faithfully and, and now brings the news to Paul of what uh, has uh, happened there. We'll hear a little more about him in a moment. Uh, but you see, this ground uh, of the, the good news that has come uh, to Paul uh, from a man who has tirelessly labored, um, there are two marks of the people described. Two marks of the people who, when um, Epaphras arrived in Rome and shared, gave the report to Paul, uh, Paul tells us that these people had two marks about them. They're in verse 4. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So there we have in verse 2, in verse 4, two things. That is faith and love. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love for all the saints. And then quickly in verse 5, he tells us the motivating power. What is it that then has motivated these people to a point where they have demonstrated their faith in Christ and expressed their love for all the saints. What is it? Verse 5 tells us, hope which is laid up for you. In other words, when people hear the gospel, and that's why dear uh, preachers, dear missionaries, let's be laboring to bring the old counsel of God. Of course, even when we start our, our, our mission work, we want people to be saved, but don't be in a hurry. You explain more. 
bring more of God's word. Bring this and bring the other. Teach about faith and show how those who indeed demonstrate their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will then practically show their love for one another. And, and show them that this is possible because you are not just living for today and that's all. No, you are living for that which lies ahead. Hope that is laid up for you. And when our people hear these things, then it's like, wait a minute. I must not live just for today and, and, and kill myself in the pleasures of the world today. There is a life to come. And so you talk about hope that lies ahead. You know what? All that, dear friends, is in the gospel. Because there in verse 5, it goes on, verse 5, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. And so we just have to give the gospel 16 ounces to a pound. Let's not just tell people, come believe in Christ, believe in... To what end? Let them know that if they believe in Christ, they must begin to learn to love their enemies. They must begin to learn that they are not living just for today, but a life that is laid ahead. So that is in the gospel. And you know, just as faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, even hope, even hope comes when the word of God is set forth. Not some just imaginations. No, we teach uh, our people about the uh, living hope that they can expect ahead. And so that excites the Apostle Paul that these are the things true of the church in Colossae. Well, and you know, it doesn't stop there. These things are exciting to the Apostle Paul because he goes on and tells us something about when the gospel is preached. Did you know? It's like God comes down and God and man dines together even as we have just sung verse 6. Which in the middle of verse 6 there, but verse 6, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world. It is bearing fruit and increasing as it is also, or as it does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. So God comes to us in his grace. And that is the truth that we have to proclaim. God comes to us. And dear friends, when God comes to us by grace and we become, as it were, we dine with him on the table, our lives will never be the same again. Remember already we have seen we will be demonstrating faith. We will be... Uh, 
in the process showing love for one another. We will be men and women living not for just for today, but for what lies ahead. You know what, how it is captured there? We will be men and women producing fruit. We will be producing fruit in our lives. Well, what more can we say? There's plenty, but again, uh, the, t the time uh, certainly will not wait uh, for us. This good news, dear friends, that Paul is hearing about Colossae, came to him as a report. Now, we've been hearing reports from the mission field, evening by evening, and climax was today. And in the case of what we are seeing here, Paul also received a report. And I trust, as uh, the men leading us here have uh, shown us, that there are times when they push the missionaries to, even every week, to send uh, messages, to send reports. What, to what end? Certainly so that uh, the church here can pray. The church here uh, can put in the petrol so that the work can continue. And it wasn't different in the case of the Colossians. There is this man called Epaphras. Epaphras. We meet him again in verse 7. Just as you heard it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. This good man, the Apostle Paul praises him. He is the one who carried the good news uh, to the Roman prison. And when he shared with the prisoner uh, Paul, uh, his joy was not little. And Epaphras wasn't a, a, a lone ranger, no. He, indeed, he, having heard the apostle Paul preach, and his life must have been turned upside down, he went to Colossae, he labored there, and now brings word of how things are happening there. He's a minister of Christ. And this man is a lesson to us. Here in these verses 7 and 8, he is described, indeed, a man who brings the news the way it is. But then, not only the news, he is faithful. He is called here beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on behalf of the Colossians. He has made known these things about the love that these people have in the spirit. Oh, that dear missionaries, you will be 
like Epaphras. That you will be like Epaphras, who after you labor, or as you labor, and the sending church is expecting, and you're being pushed in the midst of so much going on every Sunday or every week, that you must create opportunity to write your report and send it to your sending church. That you'd be Epaphras. Remember, as we have said, so that the sending church is kept aware and is able to praise God for what is going on in the field. But even as this man, Epaphras, brought the news, he wasn't full of murmuring and complaining and saying, looks like if I go back there, I may walk out of it any moment. But what we are seeing of Epaphras is a man who is in the trenches for his people, the Colossians, even when he's away giving report. Why do I say that? Turn with me to chapter 4 of the same Colossians. Chapter 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Epaphras. Oh, that we would have a few more Epaphras in our day. Among us here, in the churches represented here, So, dear missionaries, I urge you. I urge you, while the Lord allows you to live a little longer, well, here is a man who, whatever stage he was saved, we don't know. What precise moment he was ordained and sent to Colossae, we don't know. But we now gather, we, we hear of how Colossus is doing. After laboring there for quite some time, he comes and gives this information. How long did he live after that? We don't know. But he so labored that the Apostle Paul could talk so warmly about him. Because he always struggles on behalf of the Colossians in his prayers. So that his people would grow mature in the will of God. 
we are serving a God who is sovereign. A God who has been gracious that for 30 plus years you've had servants like my colleague, my brother, Conrad here. But then, this sovereign God, completely sovereign, then allows another to labor, but for a short time. And he calls them home. So we know of our dear brother, Emmanuel Masengesho, who has finished his race. He ran it so fast. In fact, so fast as we were just about to admire him. And we in Kenya had the privilege of having that dear brother twice. The first family conference he came, he was like the rest of us, just sitting and listening. The second and the last that he came, he was one of our speakers. And even in his labors, for those few days we were with him, we saw a man on fire for God. He was a Epaphras. He was. But why in his case would the Lord be so pleased to, just like that, take him away? We may say, but the work is not done, Lord. Would you be a Epaphras? If the Lord should spare you and you reach your station tomorrow or this week, and you begin, you resume your labors. Oh, that you'd labor like Epaphras, able to send news back to the sending church, while all along laboring in prayer and in teaching that your people who God has put in your church will grow, mature, and be assured in the will of God. Are there some here who the Lord could well have made a Epaphras, but you're slippery? Maybe you know, indeed, the challenges that there are in the mission field. A few reports that have come, the few years that you've been in this place, and year by year during the mission conference, and you hear of the challenges, and you're saying, uh-uh, I'm not going to be a Epaphras. Oh, think again, think again. Think again, dear friend. There is nothing greater than to be an Epaphras. To so labor in the gospel, to bring God in his grace, to dine with sinners, and for them to realize, me, 
and you tell sinners, yes, God has come down. And you can be one of his children. Stop living your life of pleasure now. There is a great life ahead of you. So that such a one will come to melt and say, I want to follow this God. And then you'll be able to be prepared to be an Epaphras. Well, dear friends, these are truths which when Paul listened to from Epaphras, he burst out in praises to God. Thank you, God, for the church in Colossae. Saints in Colossae, faithful, but they are not arrived. Their representative is struggling in prayer that they will grow mature in the will of God. I mean, that is the way it is. We don't grow mature at an instant. That's why every time these doors are opened, you better be here, darken the doors, you know, and come in and listen. Because as you listen to God's word, then you will be helped to know how to live according to the will of God. But Paul is full of praises for the things he's hearing coming or happening in Colossae, as reported by Epaphras. In the third place, so we not only saw the greeting and the thanksgiving, but these things just cause Paul to bend his knees in prayers. And that's what we now see in verses 9 to 14. What do you do or how do you respond when you hear of what is happening in another place. Partly, I must confess, as I said, was it yesterday? I hear what is happening in Kabuata Baptist Church, and I reflect in contrast with what is happening in Eldoret in Kenya. And it's like, oh Lord, let's just have another Kabuata Baptist Church in Eldoret. And as I cried out on the shoulder of a fellow pastor, he told me, what? You want to build your empire in Eldoret? You preach the word, preach the word. And if people who join you in membership for whatever reason cannot find jobs, cannot find employment in Eldoret, and they go to Nakuru, to Nakuru City, to Kisumu City, to Nairobi City, let them go. You're not going to build your empire in, in Eldoret? Mm, that, that sorted me out. I needed to hear that. But I thought he would still be there and I would be pouring it all, all on his shoulder. He said, no, get on with the work. While the Lord allows you to work there, he can call you any moment. 
Well, in the case of the Apostle Paul, this news comes to him. And what we find from verses 9, he's like, wow, we have to pray. So from verse 9, we read this. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. We have not ceased to pray for you. And in his prayer, there are a number of things that are there. His prime request, we may say, is that they may be filled with the knowledge of God's will. No wonder Epaphras, even there in prison, is praying, God, that is what I desire to happen to my people back in Colossae. Oh, that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will so that they would know how to regulate their lives, in other words. And that requires spiritual wisdom there at the end of verse 9 and understanding. Those things don't just happen. No, it is as we teach God's people faithfully, the whole counsel of God, and then our people come to realize, you know, it's a whole process of church discipline. Uh, unfortunately, we by and large just think of church discipline where someone is being shown the door. But honestly, the whole process of teaching God's word, bringing the gospel, various doctrines, that is a process of church discipline because someone listening to what the pastor explains is like, but I've been, I've been walking in that way. So, I, so that is wrong. So I should be walking in this way. This is the way I should be treating fellow believers. This is how I should conduct myself towards the opposite sex. Church discipline goes on like that. And it requires spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so we must not be content just with the head knowledge. No, but that the things we learn, then we bring them into practice in our lives. Verse 10, verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Ah, and all along, we depend on him. Look at verse 11. May you be strengthened with all the power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Living a Christian life, dear friends, is exciting, but it's not it's not an overnight flame. It is something that we're learning every day, every Sunday. I hope none of us here would, would have the habit or attitude or saying, today I don't feel like it. Oh, friends, it is while you are here for the one hour preaching or so and the fellowship with believers, you are learning various things, how you are going to live your Christian life out there, 
How do you handle challenges? How do you handle defeat? And even as you learn these things and try to, the end of that verse tells us that you do it with patience and with joy. Christian life, wow. And remember, this is prayer now. How do we pray? What's the content of our prayer? Can any of our prayers be stripped and, 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 and say, wow, look at that. Listen to the sentence he has made. Listen to the, the Apostle Paul was praying for these people in this manner. And Paul goes on there in verse 12. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you uh, to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Again, as we had said earlier, that this is what God himself has done, and that excites Paul. And Paul wants the Colossian people to know that their salvation is not because of their own effort. No, it is holy the work of God. So much the work of God that if he didn't do it, we would not. In fact, so he tells us, Paul tells us, we were gotten from a dead state. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, um, puts it this way. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That is where the Colossians were before they were saved. That is where each and every one of us were before we were saved. But God brought the change. God so brought the change, dear friends, by qualifying us, if you like, promoting us, bringing us to a, a totally different territory. And that's what, what he picks uh, back in Colossians. In now verse, uh, as we read there in Colossians, verse 13 now, he has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Wow. We are where we once one not by God's work. And remember how God does this, said before us there, 
in verse 14. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sin. When, of course, at the end of verse 13, let me just read verse 13 and 14 to make sense. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, that is Christ Jesus, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sin. Christ is the one in whom and through whom we now are precious to God. You take Christ away, and we are nowhere. Now, obviously, once having been brought into Christ and, and, and into righteousness with God, then there's nothing that can separate us from that love. Nothing. But let's remember, it is through the redemption and forgiveness of course, this is a picture of a rich person paying that ransom money, that ransom price, so that we are let to go free. As Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 would show us. And so the primary blessing of God's ransom, the, the, the first blessing that we we enjoy, that we receive and enjoy is the forgiveness of our sins. And so, friends, if you are not forgiven your sins, then you have an impossible barrier, impossible barrier to the blessings of God. Now, yes, you woke up this morning. For those who are not saved, but the Lord allowed you to come in and you're seated and you're listening, but you know you're not saved. You have an impossible barrier to the blessings of God. And the first of those blessings is the forgiveness of your sins. It's not the health issue. That's the first. It's not the money issue. We've got recently in our neighborhood, I say recently from around September of last year, a very noisy group, very noisy. And we are so near a neighborhood like just across the road. And they very quickly put up a huge iron sheet. And that iron sheet continues to extend towards the river that is near our place. And for some strange reason, people flock there. And you would say, wow, they must be getting something good there. Sad to say, it is the woman leader there who ends up with a lot of money in her purse, in her, in her bag. Because people come there and they are told someone has stolen your, your, your star, your star. 
And so come and we will sort you out. You come with money. Some neighbor of yours is, uh, is blocking your progress. And so come, we'll sort you out. They are not helping anyone. People leave that place and they become enemies with their neighbors even more. Because the woman of God, as they would call her, has told them, it's that woman. But they have left their money with her. The biggest problem those people have is not the money they need or, or the sickness that bothers them or a marriage that wants to fall to pieces. It is the need for forgiveness of their sins. Have you received the forgiveness of your sins? If you have not, what holds you? What prevents you? When God has come in his grace and dines with sinners and he opened the eyes of a sinner and said, why me? Should I be on this table with you? And God would say, yes, it is well. My son has paid it all. And you lift your hand in praise and say, then praise be to God. So friends, remember this is Paul's prayer now at the end. He is praying that that will be the case. And we must pray, dear friends, dear preachers, dear missionaries, we must pray for the people who listen to us that the Lord will do what only he can do. Only him can bring a person to a point where they see their desperate need of their sins to be forgiven. And we know that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit as we have uh, been seeing it in the previous nights uh, from the book of Acts. Does God honestly still save? Does he extend forgiveness to sinners? He does. He does. And dear unsaved person, this passage tells us again as I leave this point, He's the one who delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the dominion of, of his dear son, the kingdom of his beloved son. With all due respect, if you are not saved, you are in the dark. You are in the dark. By God's common grace, you are where you are. You have done well at school, at college, and you may be leading a very important Corporation, very important uh, ministry, very important work somewhere. But spiritually, you are in the dark. Because it is only through the Lord Jesus Christ, received by faith, that then that darkness is taken away and you are brought into the kingdom of his dear son. The kingdom of light.
Will you not cry to the Lord Jesus today? What a wonderful ending of a mission conference. If it would be that you'd say, then Lord Jesus, I need you that my sins may be forgiven. Has this church been faithful to that work of missions so that men and their wives have come here to give reports? Well, yes, we are here celebrating 30 years of God's Indeed, God's success among you. So I know there has been success. The Lord's doing. Allow me, and for the last time, just to refer to these old pieces of paper. Because in them, the truth that God has been faithful among you, the demonstration that you as a church and many of you have come, years that have followed, and you have indeed shown that the Lord has saved you and that you desire others to be involved in this good work. Dear friends, we are here to celebrate what God has done. Let me then just read a few of these um, um, prayer letters. The one of September and to December of 1991. My dear brother shared that uh, with me, and this is what uh, I now quote. I have continued to feel burdened and exercised over the matter of church-based ministries at KBC, and therefore have decided to break from my Sermon on the Mount a series in order to start a series entitled, and this is what I wanted, The Church's Mission in the World. And we look forward to harnessing and unleashing the full potential of our 100 plus membership in church, in church-based ministries, end of quote. So that, uh, that uh, as I said in my preparation, uh, gave me uh, quite some excitement. I also uh, then um, made a reference to um, some special report uh, that uh, had been made, uh, particularly it was about the, the church building here, this structure that we are in now. Uh, but then what also struck me uh, is this. Let me read the paragraph, then the sentence will make sense. The paragraph reads, with a membership of just over 100, we have our share uh, of problems common to the churches of Christ. Yet, we thank God that we are a growing congregation, desirous to see Jesus reign wherever the sun doth its successive journeys run. We are um, anxious to get involved in uh, serious church planting work in cooperation with other like-minded churches, both within 
and outside Zambia. So I thought that was uh, w worth just bringing uh, to you again, my dear brother, some of you know it, um, uh, and for some it may be uh, all new. And then just a few uh, others, you'll bear with me, this is the last session. Um, but then there is something else. Uh, when I had the privilege uh, to be in your country for the first time in 1992, August, and as I attended the conference which was held in Kitwe, uh, one of the things was I was interviewed. And uh, in that interview, uh, my dear brother Conrad uh, asked me uh, some eight pointed questions. Uh, I'll spare you, I will not uh, go through all the eight, uh, but uh, right near the end, uh, then number seven and number eight, uh, he did ask, especially number seven, the question reads, do you think there are areas of mutual benefit if Zambia and Kenya Reformed Baptist churches uh, associated more closely? Would there be any mutual benefits? And of course you know. Of course, uh, I can't remember what I answered, but at least the question is still here with me. But indeed, years that have followed have shown that cooperating uh, with you, dear brethren. I think we have benefited so much from you. I suppose that's why at the 30th um, mission conference, then my dear brother should say, you come over, let's benefit from you. I hope somehow there's been some benefit, me being with you here uh, together with my wife. And uh, so please, these are some uh, things that, uh, yes, they are old. Uh, we, of course, have moved from uh, those, uh, you know, uh, this kind of letters to emails, uh, and, and so we miss the good old letters that we uh, did write um, to one another. And, and so let me just uh, quickly, uh, in conclusion, just bring uh, a few more of uh, this. In 1992, uh, a personal letter that my brother wrote uh, to me, if I can quickly find it, um, if it is there. <laughs> oh yes, here we are. Um, as uh, we were wondering, will it really work out for me to come in August 1992? Uh, this is now in July, the beginning of July. And so my brother wrote this small uh, letter to me. We would obviously love to see you in Zambia in August, but we will understand if you fail to make it. And then the last uh, bit. I am determined to visit you people in Nairobi, those are the days when we were in Nairobi, in Nairobi sometime, and trust the Lord will one day open the door. Nothing is as encouraging as visiting and seeing the scene of the labors of fellow ministers. Now I know in our passage in Colossians, it is uh, Epaphras who went over to the prison in Rome to give report, but it is wonderful 
when either as elders here you go to where the missionaries labor or you visit other, um, you know, other countries and see where your brethren are laboring. And so that was such a precious uh, news to me. Well, um, there was one time, I assure you we must uh, quickly be done, but there was one time that uh, Brother Conrad was in Canada, and while we were there, uh, they met, or he met uh, Errol Holtz, who uh, has since gone to be with the Lord, um, and they, they did arrange, struck a deal that uh, Errol Holtz will visit this country, and, and that did take place, and the purpose was for them to visit various places for um, the purpose of encouraging um, the reformed work uh, that uh, was going on. And uh, uh, in one of those, uh, then, let me just pick this. I think after this we will leave the rest. But this is what then, in a report that Errol Hoss himself wrote, it is this way. It was transparently clear that in Zambia, the Holy Spirit has formed a reformed fellowship of great affection and quality. The beauty of this is that it is not modeled on any European style, but has its own indigenous character. The foremost need is for this movement to grow and expand without division or destruction to the point where substantial influence is extended into the surrounding countries. The leadership consists mostly of men with university degrees, and we praise God for that, who have given up lucrative careers in engineering and other professions to enter the Christian ministry. I spent some time counseling with a young man who is a barrister, uh, but now senses a call to the ministry. I'll spare you, uh, and I'll not read uh, a uh, few others uh, that uh, uh, I have here. But so what's all this? Paul's letter to the Colossians. And while he genuinely sees the Colossians as true believers, he values ever so much what has happened in Colossae through Epaphras. And so, dear friends, every missionary here, see yourself as an Epaphras. Should the Lord let you live a little longer, work and work and bring back the word, either the weekly or monthly reports, and should the Lord tarry that next year you are available, come and bring your report to the church while the time tarries. For the rest of us, we must be men and women, certainly of prayer, that the work of missions will continue. Let's be genuinely excited to hear what God is doing out there. 
and pray and, and write letters. I know the email is there. It, it's quick, but it, it makes things, in a sense, a little diluted. But if that's what you have, please write to the missionary. Encourage the missionary. Each and every one of us, we've got work to do. But if there is any among us who would have been Epaphras, but whether because you think there is too much in the too much in, in in the service of the Lord, too much in being a missionary. You may have seen your dad, you may have seen your, your relative, you may have seen a friend labor to a point as it were, his hands get burned in the mission field and you say, not me. Come on, be an Epaphras. Be an Epaphras and serve the living God that through that you can call others to enter while the door is still open. Let's pray. Oh Lord, our God, we thank you for your word. And we pray now that you'd weld it in our hearts, each one. That when we hear news from the mission field, we will each burst in praise because you are building your church. But we will also be led to the atmosphere, attitude of prayer that more will be done, that the people will be grounded, that your name would be glorified. Lord, Hear our prayer. Continue to bless the labors of Kabota Baptist Church. You, you've blessed them much, Lord. And this hasn't happened overnight. So help us, Lord. If we are saying, oh, Lord, bring a Kabota in our own local places, we better realize what we are asking for. Because this church has had its share of challenges too. So instead of just saying, Lord, give us another cup of water where we are, may we sincerely pray that you'd continue to bless them and that through and from here, many more Epaphras will go forth and return with good news. Hear our prayer. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We are grateful to the Lord for the preaching of God's word. Uh, thank you, Pastor Ogalo, for laboring among us, um, and also for sharing with us uh, the history uh, where we are coming from. The media ministry will give us the final narration of the uh, history of the KBC's involvement in missions. Uh, beginning from 2013 up to date, so the last 10 years. And as they uh, just set up there, uh, 
just a, a note that uh, Pastor Ogalo um, has been involved in the uh, work here in Zambia, I think in the Reformation, I think it was Keith Underhill that you planted the church in Kenya, and Keith Underhill came to speak to our, uh, at our annual August conference uh, in 1995, so they've been uh, around for, for, for that long, and we are grateful for your faithfulness uh, in the work of the gospel uh, in Kenya and uh, uh, around as you have uh, gone around uh, ministering the word of God. So we'll have the final uh, 10 years narration, and then I'll call Pastor Mbeo who come and uh, give us the announcement of what we have pledged to raise, and uh, then close in prayer uh, for us, and then we'll come and uh, uh, we'll be dismissed uh, to go. Media ministry. Welcome to the final part of our journey through the 30 years of God's grace in mission at Kawata Baptist Church. Over the past three sessions, we have seen how KBC first became involved in missions through SOS calls from churches that needed support beginning in 1994. In 1995, we sent out Mr. Albert Ngoma as the first missionary pastor for KBC to John Lane. Between 2001 and 2012, Key milestones and missions included the launch into international missions, notably in Botswana, the growth of the mission stations, and the commencement of the first in-house missions conference in 2008. Today, we continue to recount the strides made in missions in the last decade from 2013 to 2024. This period has been characterized by growth in reach, stability in the processes, accompanied by the faithfulness of God amidst challenges. At the start of 2013, KBC had up to that point supported the establishment of 13 local mission stations, with three across the borders in Botswana, Malawi, and Namibia. During the sixth annual missions conference of 2013, the church was conscious of the home going of Pastor Percy Chisenga, who had gone to glory the previous year after a battle with cancer. He had been a missionary pastor in Zomba, Malawi. This was the first time the church had lost a missionary pastor while in service. Pastor Kennedy Sungutu, who had previously been a missionary pastor and later became the pastor of Kafue Reformed Baptist Church, followed in 2018 due to kidney failure back to church planting. By 2015, KBC had 16 missionary pastors on its payroll. It also had three churches that were scheduled to be weaned off that year. These were Bonaventure Baptist Church, now called Crossway Baptist Church, under Pastor Oswald Sichula, Cabanana Faith Baptist Church, under Pastor Curtis Chiro, and Nyimba Reformed Baptist Church, under Pastor Charles Mwanza. Apart from the missions conference, the other great initiative that has helped to spur on the work of missions has been the pastoral internship program. It began in the year 2000 with Paul Sakala and in 2002 with Stephen Tine, who were students from TTCA, now Evangelical University. 
Then in 2007, the elders decided to start this as a church program, with Curtis Chirua being the first intern in this new form, followed by Oswald Sichula in 2008. In 2009, the number grew to three interns, with one of them being Chipita Sibale. In 2014, the number of interns grew further to seven. The church bought two houses for our interns to live in that year, so as to manage these numbers. The demand for this program grew until a third house was purchased in 2021, so that the church could now handle nine interns at once. Although the pastoral internship program is an independent program, it has helped those we send out as missionaries who have been on the program to have a three-dimensional view of church planting. We have had far less casualties among our missionaries since this program was introduced. This is also because we now know those who are applying for missions work since they would have been with us for at least one year. KBC's desire to advance the gospel across the continent grew. The theme, therefore, for the 2015 Missions Conference was Missions Without Borders. In 2016, Imano Komba was set apart after completing his internship program and sent to Sierra Leone in West Africa to establish the first Reformed Baptist Church of Freetown. In 2018, the church also sent out Peter Abutu Joshua to plant a church in Abuja, Nigeria. In 2019, the church sent out Joshoko to start a church in Harare, Zimbabwe. More recently, KBC received calls to help establish two churches in Kigali, Rwanda. Two men, Emmanuel Masengesho and Matthias Maomba, were set apart to establish those two churches. Pastor Emmanuel Masengesho was called home at the beginning of this year. He is survived by his wife Beatrice and two children. We did not, however, forsake local missions. In 2016, Kennedy Kaumbale, a member of Kawata Baptist Church, quit his job and was set apart for the work at Chamba Valley Reformed Baptist Church here in Lusaka. Laksan Mudenda was also ordained as missionary pastor to plant Liseli Baptist Church in Sesheke. The elders continued to urge the church to be involved in mission work through prayer, financial giving, and personal involvement. In 2017, Pastor Joshua Lungu was set apart to commence a reformed Baptist work in Kasama. Pastor Mbewe encouraged the members at the missions conference to give toward the project, saying, For this conference, the purpose is to open up the northern province of Zambia for Reformed Baptist Gospel Outreach. The amount we want to raise for the initial major thrust is 150,000 kwacha. He has already given us his son who died for our sins. We will fail to give us the rest. End of quotation. The Lord has over the years provided far much more than we have ever asked or imagined. The last three years have had their own joys and challenges.
we experienced some shutdowns during the COVID-19 pandemic. In 2020, many mission stations could not do much in terms of evangelism. However, it was during this same period that Silverest Central Baptist and Hillview Baptist churches were started. In God's goodness, these two churches, including Chamba Valley Reformed Baptist Church, were wind off without reaching the eight-year window. As we have reflected over the 30 years of God's grace in missions, we can also see that 43 years ago, there was no Kawata Baptist Church. The elders at Lusaka Baptist Church made a sacrificial decision to start a church in the Kawata area. They looked at the wider area and noted that there was no conservative evangelical church. For the sake of the souls in the area, there was a need for a church that would proclaim the gospel of God. As Dr. Lazarus Spirit exhorted the church at the 2019 Missions Conference on the theme of Missions, the Unfinished Task, we must not tire. We ought to continue planting churches where the gospel of our Savior needs to be heard. End of quotation. We still have some unfulfilled desire to send missionaries into the 1040 window. There are still some churches requiring assistance that had been weaned off already. For instance, Elder Botta reported to the church's AGN last month that the pastor of Choma Central Baptist Church had resigned and all the elders had left town for various reasons. This had left the church without overseers. Thus, recently, the church voted unanimously to return under the oversight of KBC. End of quotation. We have a lot of work to do. As we mark KBC's 30 years of missions work, the Lord has used us to plant no less than 40 churches across Zambia and across Africa. Some of our daughter churches have also begun to plant other churches. As we heard yesterday from Pastor Curtis Chirwa, whose church has planted two churches and is about to plant a third one. No doubt, we have had some disappointments and disasters. But the overall picture has been very encouraging. There are doctrinally sound churches that continue to reach out to souls scattered around the country and around Africa because we have continued to obey the Great Commission. As we have been exhorted by Pastor Naftali Ogalo throughout the conference, it is all the Lord's doing. We must count it as a great privilege that he would choose to use us in the spread of the gospel. May his name be praised. As the missions conference comes to an end today, let us go back encouraged by the goodness of God. Let us rededicate ourselves to God, seeing that he has led us by fire and by cloud. We look back over the 30 years and say with the psalmist in Psalm 102, verse 16 to 18, For the Lord builds up Zion. 
he regards the prayer of the destitutes. Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. End of quote. This has been our desire in recounting 30 years of the grace of God in missions, that this might be a record for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Amen. Well, brethren, thank you. It's okay? All right. Thank you very much for your patience. We should be wrapping up now. Um, I will just give the, the grand announcement and then uh, say a few words of thanks to different people, and we should be done. Again, thank you very much for your patience. Well, we do have good news, and it's good news of thanks to all of you. The total for the one-off pledge is uh, 255000 So thank you very much for that level of commitment. In terms of cash, which is already in, it is 92,000 kwacha. Thank you. It, it does mean that our late missionary's wife will carry the cash with her without waiting. And then the monthly pledge is uh, 39,000 kwacha per month, and that's what we are saying that we will be giving so that that is added regularly to what comes in as tithes and offerings and support from partners for the work of mission. So again, let's just thank the Lord for that. Well, thank you very much, brethren, for that. We don't take any of that for granted. God's people have recognized that we must give if the Lord's work is to be done. And then words of thanks. First of all, it's definitely the missions team. There is uh, a missions committee that runs things behind the scenes. Uh, is Musopero still the leader for, for that? Okay, I've heard a yes, yes. So... Uh, uh, Brother Musopelo and Chilongoshi and your team, together with the missions coordinator, will we'll clap afterwards, so just hang on. I uh, just want to say thank you uh, to you. And then also the, uh, the house groups, you have done uh, a commendable job in coordinating things in the background, meeting with our missionaries, housing them, uh, feasting them, and everything else. So thank you uh, very much there and a number of homes that have been looking after the missionaries uh, across the last few days, and other visitors who have come in. Again, just thank you, uh, because hospitality is really part of our love for the brethren. The children's ministry, you've done your bit in um, helping with uh, uh, the children's uh, conference taking place in the background and everything else there. Um, 
the, the choirs, that's plural, choirs, uh, thank you, the media team, you have done uh, a commendable job there, and of course the ushers who have been helping to just rally us through all our needs. We can also throw in the bookshop that has ensured that books are available at uh, greatly discounted prices. So we hope you have all managed to take advantage of this week because prices go up at midnight tonight. <laughs> okay? Uh, of course, the members of KBC, each one of you, Thank you, thank you, thank you from the elders. They appreciate what you have continued to do, including the deacon's work in the background. The elders want to say thanks to all of you. The missionaries and your spouses, you've left work behind, you've come over to be so much part of this. Thank you. Uh, the preacher as well, uh, Pastor Ogalo and your wife, uh, where is she? Ah, there you are. Yeah, you know, in purple. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for coming, uh, for coming to bless us this way. Well, brethren, we will now close with uh, the benediction, and uh, we will be let out of here. I know most of you want to rush. But if you can at least say hi to one or two people out there before you go, it's been a, a, a wonderful uh, conference once again. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, go with us in our separate ways. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. The ushers will lead us out, uh, the missionaries. Please pass through the bookshop uh, at the back there. Uh, yeah, there, there could be something for you, but just pass through. Uh, the choir will sing, send the light as the ushers uh, go out. I'll ask uh, Pastor uh, Ogalo to stand with the, uh, the missionary pastor for Kasama, uh, Chivamba. Uh, at the door there, uh, then just do a fist bump or a hug or something uh, just to uh, wish him God's blessing. Thank you very much. <laughs>